Back in here, hour number two of Morning Drive here on a Thursday, ESPN 1025 The Game. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise with you. Game day here in Nashville. The Predators take on the Minnesota Wild tonight here on 1025 The Game. Then on Saturday, the Predators go to Tampa Bay to take on the Lightning. But on Sunday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come to Nashville, Tennessee to take on the Titans. And here to get a Buccaneers preview of that game on Sunday is Greg Allman, who does a great job covering the Bucks for the Athletic. Greg, we appreciate a couple of minutes. How are you doing this morning? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me on. Good. Uh, so uh, the last time I saw Jameis Winston was two weeks ago. I'm laying in bed drinking coffee, watching him throw a bunch of interceptions in London. I know coming off of the bye week, you tend to feel like you got some things ironed out. But I'm just wondering, 10 interceptions so far for Jameis, can Bruce Arians get this guy going in the right direction, or is he what he is at this point? Yeah, I mean, he kind of was going in the right direction until London. Um, Had four straight, relatively good games, um, only two interceptions among those four games. Uh, But then, yeah, like you said, London London was a bad game. London was the the Jameis Winston they really don't want to see very much of here in Tampa. Um, You know, interception on his first pass, interception on his last pass fumbled in the red zone, um, you know, like they say, six turnovers is not going to win him any games. So um, he has been relatively good in his career at not stringing together multiple games like that. Um, I think it's like out of 62 games, he's only had two times in, in five years where he's had multiple interceptions in back-to-back games. So the good news is, is that usually he bounces back pretty well. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's not what you want to be coming off of, especially with a bye week to kind of leave that as the, the taste in your mouth for two weeks. Uh, I know this is not necessarily about the game, but but what is the plan at quarterback moving forward, big picture? Is it to sign him to a bridge deal? Is it to let him walk? Is it to sign him at all, draft a quarterback? What, what's the plan? Yeah, um, they haven't said, to be honest. Um, but I, I think it's still, if there's a plan institutionally, um, it, it's very much a hope that Winston will turn a corner that he hasn't turned yet. So uh, he's got 10 weeks to show something here. If they don't think they've seen enough, they could certainly move in another direction. Their, their every action up to this point suggests they're not going to run from him. Um, you know, it's like in, in theory they'll have a top ten draft pick if things keep going badly, and there's enough quarterbacks at the top of this draft where they might see one of them as an option. Um, but again, I, I don't know that Bruce Arians came out of retirement um, at 66 to to start year two with a fresh young rookie quarterback. So I still think the simplest model for them is that Jameis makes enough progress that they either franchise him at $27 million next year or, or give him, like you said, maybe a smaller deal. I think um, there's a website called SpotTrack that does uh, a lot of the salary cap calculations, and they have his market value, I think, at three years and $70 million, um, which would be like $23, 24000000 million a year. And a shorter deal like that is kind of in maybe the Foles-type range, um, might be something that, you know, only two years guaranteed would give him some money, would give him more time to try and turn the corner without locking the bucks into some kind of $100 million deal or anything like that. Now, uh, their offense is, is Tampa's offense has been kind of up and down, um, and, and a lot of it all depends on whether, um, you know, James is playing well. Um, their defense, their front seven, is is probably one of the best in the National Football League. They rank high in, 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 in run stopping, but their secondary uh, why hasn't Todd Bowles been able to get this part of the team um, going? Because the front seven is probably one of the better ones in the National Football League, but the back end has has, has really struggled. 
Yeah, the, the split personality thing is crazy. I mean, they're number one in the NFL against the run, and they're dead last against the pass. So you almost wonder if some of that effectiveness against the run is just teams realizing they can throw at will against this defense right now. Um, it's a really young secondary. That's the first thing I would say is that, uh, like, when they're in nickel right now, it's it's two rookies, two second-year guys, and a fourth-year guy. So it, it's a young group that clearly is taking a little bit more time than they'd like to pick up a new defense. Um, it seems like opposing quarterbacks have been able to find the, the seams and the holes and, and just get guys open. Um, you know, they haven't had as many splash plays as they did. You know, early on they had a pick six in the first week. They're they're making takeaways on defense, and they haven't done that as much. So uh, it could be that the bye week helps them, um, and, and they kind of get things solved. But we could, in in theory, they could be making changes here too, just because what they have and, and the configuration they've gone with hasn't gone well um, in terms of the yards they're giving up, the points they're giving up. Um, it, it's taken them out of games at times. So especially to see Tannehill have a good game like he had Sunday, um, moving the ball, throwing the ball downfield, that, that's dangerous. And honestly, backup quarterbacks do really well against his team for whatever reason. They, they faced Daniel Jones in his first game, and he had a great game. Um, you know, They faced Bridgewater. They faced Kyle Allen. They've faced a lot of backup quarterbacks or, or new starters this year and they haven't fared well in those games. Greg, that was actually going to be my next question. Just how have the fans reacted this year through six games? Because when you look in this division, the Saints are 6-1, and one, and they're doing it without Drew Brees. The Panthers are 4-2. and two, They're doing it without Cam Newton. We know the Falcons are a total dumpster fire, but are our fans down that the Buccaneers are 2-4 and four, considering some of the elite quarterbacks have been on the shelf? Yeah, I mean, you go back a month ago, when you think about, you know, you think about Drew Brees getting hurt, you think about Cam Newton going down, there seems to be this tremendous opportunity for the Bucks, And then, like you said, I mean, Teddy's 5-0 and in New Orleans. Kyle Allen won his first four games in Carolina. Uh, so there's definitely a sense of missed opportunity. As far as what the fans think, they're in this funny stretch right now where the Bucks go 49 days between actual home games. So um, they haven't been home since week three. Um, they had a home game, if you will, in London two weeks ago, but they haven't played a game in Tampa, uh, I think, since September 23rd, maybe, and they won't until November 10th. So it's a really long time in a regular season to go uh, without playing before your home fans. So who knows where they'll be uh, in two more weeks. They've got to go to Seattle next week. You know, if they're sitting at 3-5, and five, that's probably not a bad record for this team given the number of, of tough opponents they had to face. I mean, you've got the Niners, you've got uh, Panthers twice, you've got the Saints. They've they faced some difficult challenges to where the second half of their schedule will be a lot easier. They just have to make sure it's, it's still something that can be meaningful football. If you're 2-6, and six, it probably doesn't matter how easy the second half of your schedule is. So this is, uh, uh, again, I think yards per game is, a, is an antiquated metric, but they are worse sure. than, than the NFL in passing defense according to that number and, and best in the right. NFL in rushing defense according, to, again, to that number. I am more of a yards per play kind of person uh, as far right. as tempo goes. So, so exactly what, well, is, and, and not, what, what is this honestly, defense? Yeah, they're, they're very much the same in yards per play. They're giving up 2.9 per carry, which would be the best for any NFL run defense in like six years. Again, part of that is, I mean, like Carolina, you go to London, you hold Christian McCaffrey to 31 yards on 22 carries, you'd think they did a great job. But half those carries are just Carolina up by three scores trying to run out clock. They don't really care what happens. So, yeah, yard, yards per play doesn't work against them either because they've given up way too many balls over the top. They gave up a 75-yard touchdown early on. Um, th- this is a, a problematic defense right now, and I think if they can turn the switch and kind of get a level of 
uh, I don't want to say mastery at all, but just a level of fluency in what Todd Bowles wants, then it can start clicking, and you can start seeing the takeaways they need. But right now, it, I mean, the offense is giving the ball up. Um, you know, Tennessee's a weird team. Tennessee's like plus four in turnover margin. But I was looking, like, the Titans have 12 fumbles this year, and they've only lost one, which is amazing. Like, yeah. you can't yeah. sustain that. Yep. Um, so if the Bucks can get those balls to, to get on the ground, uh, eventually those start being 50-50 deals where the opponents start getting them. And that can kind of bring Tennessee down to earth. But, again, they, they have to start forcing the fumbles before that's even a conversation. Now, quickly, how, how much um, of, a, of an effect has um, losing – and I know Godwin, um, he's, he's, he's really has progressed on, uh, on his team so much so that this year uh, – I'm not saying that he's better than Mike Evans because I don't think so, but he is, the, he is the leading receiver for this team. But losing Deshaun Jackson, losing Humphreys, how, does, how has that affected – the offense, and do you think that has affected sort of um, Jameis Winston in this progression? Yeah, it was a tough call. I don't think they minded losing Deshaun that much. Um, I, I don't know that he was really a big part of this team after the first week or two of last season. Humphreys, I mean, Humphreys, you guys probably haven't even come to appreciate this yet, but Humphreys was a really good guy for Jameis Winston on third down as a move-the-chains guy, as a guy that would get open when you needed a, a stick catch across the middle on third and six or third and eight. And they really haven't found that. Um, their production, I mean, you mentioned Chris Godwin, Mike Evans are both off the charts having a great, great start to this season. But their production from receiver three through six is, is not good at all. It's zero touchdowns. It's about a 30% catch rate right now. Um, and as a result, on third down, they're, they're not as good a team. They're not staying on the field, which is bad news for their defense. So they miss Humphreys right now. Um, they, they don't know who their punt returner is right now. And, and Adam Humphreys wasn't um, an elite punt returner, but he was a safe, make-the-catch, make-a-play-occasionally punt returner that they don't have right now. So uh, I completely understand why they let Humphreys go at $9 million a year because that's a lot to pay if you know somebody's probably your number three receiver. Um, but having said that, they really haven't replaced him on this roster yet. Greg, always a pleasure. We appreciate you stopping by for a few minutes. Thank you very much. All right, you guys take care. You got it. Greg Allman covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for The Athletic as we go behind enemy lines. Titans, Bucks on Sunday. Titans about a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. Peter Laviolette will join us coming up at the bottom of the hour for another installment of Coffee with the Coach. We'll wrap up the Titans conversation for this hour when we come back. Can Ryan Tannehill succeed this week for the Titans if they're one-dimensional? The Bucks' defense, great in one regard, got awful in another. Back after this on Morning Drive. I'm going to tell you who can succeed um, and you know can make you want, want more than one-dimensional. That's Cool Springs MD. Man, you know, sometimes we are one-dimensional. Sometimes we are just locked in, you know, locked in and and, and, and only looking at one thing and kind of, you know, forgetting other things and, and putting the other things to the side, mainly our health. Uh, but listen, and I've been telling you this for over a year now uh, about my good friends over at Cool Springs MD. Man, listen, if you're seeking help for hormone deficiency and imbalances, Dr. Jeffrey Lodge and his wife Daphne, with that experienced staff, will give you the treatment required to improve their quality of life, your quality of life, my quality of life. Cool Springs MD services have already helped myself and many men in the Brentwood, Nashville, Franklin, and surrounding areas in Tennessee with improving their immune system, energy levels, cognitive functions, and more. And listen, the guys can attest to this. When I walk in here, 
man, I am on high. I bust through the door. I'm ready to go. You know, my energy levels are on, as a young kid say, on fleek. I think that's what they still say. If they don't say that anymore, maybe I'm getting a little bit old. I don't know. That was just a year ago. <laughs> a year ago. Oh, see? <laughs> it's the need to go to Cool Springs MD. <laughs> exactly. See, that's why you need to go to Cool Springs MD, because you will not be last year. If you go to Cool Springs MD, you will be this year and moving forward. These are the things that you will be great at. And I've already said them, your energy levels, immune systems, cognitive functions, and more. They are there to connect you with the medical care you require to have a healthy and enriched life. And who doesn't want a healthier life style? And you can achieve that. So what are you waiting on, man? Give Cool Springs MD a call. Make that appointment. It's free. So make that appointment. Only thing you got to do is this. Get a pencil. A pen, piece of paper, or pull out your, your little smartphone. Yeah, your little smartphone. If you got the little, whatever, pull it out. Droid, whatever, pull it out. Here's the number, 615-486-3458, 615-486-3458, or visit their website, coolspringsmd.com. It is Morning Drive, live here on a Thursday edition of the show, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Stay woke. Always stay woke. <laughs> Although, during that, that ad you read there, Derek, you did say on fleek and then asked, yeah. is this what the young people are saying? Yeah, I don't know if that's and I okay. think I think once you ask the question, you've got your yeah, answer. you got your answer. Because months and Dick correct me, he's like, nah, they don't say that. Yeah. yeah. Once you ask the question, you're... I love when we refer to him as Munson. Yeah. <laughs> Munson, what you doing back there? Makes me seem like a character <laughs> on Kingpin. It does. You can take it many different ways. You pointed at the television. What were you pointing at? Oh, no. Tiger Woods is in the lead at a golf tournament that's not televised. He yeah. had what, it was First six straight over. birdies. He went, yeah, six straight birdies. What are you talking about? What are you doing breaking down golf uh, over there? It is what it is. This every, guy. Once, every once in a while. <laughs> Nick, 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 even Nick. though that tournament don't mean that. Kale needs to go take a hell cold of beans. He needs to go take a cold shower. <laughs> is, that John, is that Johnny Miller over there? I can't see real well. <laughs> Oh yeah, Tiger. So does that mean Tiger's he's he's on a tear now? Uh, I don't even know what the Zozo Championship yeah, is. Either. I didn't even know what was going on. I thought that was this the first of, year, isn't it? I thought is that was a type of grass, year? or maybe a Led Zeppelin album. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, that would be Zoysia grass. I was close. Which so you can get at Hermitage on the President's Reserve. There you so go. It's a, exactly right. It's a that's a lost song by Led Ze- Zeppelin. Yeah, Zozo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. lost song. Meanwhile, how back your, on the ranch. How your pants fitting over there? The shorts are actually snug. A little tighter. Yeah, he's. I'm getting. I'm, I'm putting on. You know what I noticed too? Before we actually get back to the whole Tannehill oh, no, thing that no, I mentioned. No. Oh no! I've gained 17 pounds this year. No. What? In 2019? Yeah. Yes. Nick, I'm, what is, wa- I'm 197. Nick, I don't want to know what I'm. I've gone from now. 180 to 197. Nick, what is wrong with you? I don't know. I'm just His family moved down here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm eating real meals again. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think I did say that. You know, uh, on air when we were talking, I said when his family moves down here, Nick gonna stop eating, you know, what's, hot pockets, and he's my, gonna start eating no, real meals. No, the real meals should be healthier than the hot pockets, though. Like if you're eating hot pockets, you should be gaining the weight. But you're only eating one a day, right? You're not eating at all, Damn. really, when you're by yourself. Are but then the family away comes. Over there? The bit. family comes. It's like you know, like it's like me when DJ's not with me, the week he's not with me, I don't eat. But then when he comes what, with me for a week, what are you talking about you don't eat. I mean, I don't eat a good, like a full meal. But then when he's with me for the week, I cook and everything. So I'm eating a full meal. It's healthy, but I'm still eating a full meal. Mm -hmm. I get, you know, a full dinner. 
I'm sitting. So you, on, so you starve yourself every other week, is what you're saying? Yeah, basically. Okay. I'm sitting on the What's couch my, last night. Excuse then. I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Diaper, <laughs> diapers. I, I just had a t- you know a typical like you know white undershirt on last uh-huh. night. <laughs> what? My my wife looks at me. She goes. You starting to grow moobs? Oh, yikes! And I'm like, what? I'm like, yikes. what did you just say? Yikes! She goes, yeah. No. I go, oh, I don't know, maybe. You two gonna share bras now? <laughs> For those that don't know, moobs are man boobs. In case you're wondering what, the, I don't think what it means. What you, I, a C? C I, cup? I don't think a single person was wondering. <laughs> I was about to say, why C is like, a, is like a bully, man? Like, damn. It's like Kristen cold-blooded coming in for the, like, the kill up, shot. Tubby, you want some Tito's, Dude. Tubby? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that clear stuff should be water Dude, and not vodka. What, what is the deal with like the sweetest... Ooh. Women in the world, and we marry them, and they like, and then like behind closed doors, they're just these, they're just so. Oh, I love the ruthless. brutal honesty, though. They're I so think ruthless. Nick knew what he was getting when he got oh, married. Yeah, yeah, no, we all get it. Yeah. We know yeah. it's. You just, you know, they, they the nicest ones are the ones that fight the dirtiest yep. ways. You punched me right in the face with that one. Yeah, just, Nick, I feel bad for. I'm surprised you came to work today. Yeah, well, I got my my toe ran over by a shopping yeah. cart, and then my wife says I'm getting fat. So you know, yeah. yesterday was a great day. She said you got you getting moves. Yeah, moves. You didn't just say fat. Yeah. She went she with the moves. Yeah. yeah, that means that, that means hey, that Nick, t- go that, home, go home. That means you need go to home, remember. Man. Just take that L. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, take the L for Wednesday. And go home, bro. You're done. But but. It does mean though that you now know that that shirt. If you really wanted to accentuate your, you know, your your attributes, oh yeah, you could wear that shirt again, and you know that you can show off the moves. A exactly bit. right. It's gonna be funny when she finds that shirt in the trash. Yep. <laughs> I'm not wearing that shirt ever again with three, with three fabric sheets. You, you got to show off your treats, Nick. Exactly. You, gotta, you know, uh, Peter Laviolette, bottom of the hour. So Ryan Tannehill, do we think that he can succeed this week? If the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are so good, but Tannehill's one-dimensional, because Tannehill had a great week last week, yeah, and we know the Buccaneers' secondary, they are the worst in the league against the pass, but they are the best against the run. So let me give you a hypothetical. It is midway through the third quarter, and Derrick Henry's been stifled all day long. He's got 15 carries for 39 yards, and it is Arthur Smith says, you know what, i got to bail on the run. Ryan Tannehill's going to throw it 37 times. Can he still succeed? Uh, typically, you don't want, whether it's Ryan Tannehill or Marcus, um, you don't want them throwing the ball 37, 40 sometimes a game. Um, but, you know, I don't think Arthur will abandon the run game no matter what um, because he's shown, even this season, when they've had trouble at running the ball, eventually it cracks. Eventually, in the fourth quarter, Derrick Henry starts picking up yards, and then you look at the end of the game, he has like 80 yards. You're like, wow, okay, I, I guess he stuck with it. Uh, I think they will continue to stick with the run. Uh, I don't think they want to get Ryan into a situation where he's passing 37 times. I think you know anywhere from that 25 to 30, 31 times a game. Uh, at, in this game. Now, if they go down, it's a different story. If they get down, you know, 10 points, it's a different yeah. story. Then you got to start passing. But I think the game plan is to, even though their defense is good, uh, I don't think they face a back like uh, Derrick Henry. He's just a big back that wears on you. Um, and the offensive line, you know, the, the, hopefully last week 
is sort of like that, okay, we can build on what we did last week. You know, even, you know, yeah. we gave up only two sacks, but, you know, he had time to, you know, throw the football and, and Derek ran. So hopefully we can build on that and this, move forward. This is a perfect example of, of why yards per game is not something you should look at as as a, a stat necessarily. It's, it's it's important to look at, but it's not the the thing that you should say, hey, great or, or bad or good defense. So statistically, Tampa Bay – giving up 63% completion percentage on defense. That's one of the top 11 in the NFL. The Chargers are dead last at 74%. They're, they're, think about that. 74% of the time the opposing team drops back to pass, they're completing a pass against the Chargers' defense. Oh, wow. That's atrocious. The Bucks are at 63%, far better on defense there. Um, yards per attempt, the Chargers were giving up 8.7 yards per attempt. That's fourth last in the NFL. The Tampa Bay Bucks a full yard better than that at seven point seven yards per attempt. So they're from an efficiency standpoint, the Bucks defense statistically is is better than the Chargers defense. Now yards per game, no, the Chargers are giving up two fifteen and the Bucks are giving up three hundred. Mm-hmm. So that's why that stat can be misleading. The, if, from an efficiency standpoint, quarterback rating, completion percentage, yards per attempt, all the things that you sort of the modern analytics stuff that will tell you is that the that the Bucks defense is be- definitely better at pass defense than the, than the Chargers are. Just like the way they're rushing statistics, the way Greg Allman just pointed out, he said, listen, you know, they, they, they're, they're, they're giving up 2.9 yards a carry, which is the best in the NFL in like 15 years, but it's all because the, the Panthers didn't care. So you have to kind of dive deeper into the numbers a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I don't think this is a particularly great defense, but it is a, it's slightly better than, than the Chargers. So I, it gives Tannehill a little bit of a tougher test, not, not a dramatically tougher test, but a little bit more. From a sack standpoint, they both have the same number of sacks essentially on the season. The Bucks have 13 sacks in six games. The Chargers have 12 sacks in seven games. So the Bucks are a little bit better at pressing the quarterback too. So we'll see what it all what it all looks like. I think the number one point that Greg made that I think we need to remember that we haven't made on this show is the regression to the mean on the fumble issue. That's a really big issue. You cannot continue to put the ball on the ground twice a game mm. and expect to recover 90% of them. That's that's not how that stat works. You almost always will regress to the mean on a 50-50 stat like that. It, it, over time, you you recover about half of the fumbles on, on offense and defense. And if you fumbled the ball 12 or 13 or 14 times and, re- and recovered all but one of them, odds are you're not going to keep doing that. That's so, a good point. So you've got to keep the – you've got to protect the football – um, you cannot continue to put it on the ground because that stat will come back to bite you eventually. You also need to protect home ice. That's what the Nashville Predators will attempt to do tonight against the Minnesota Wild. We will go with the head coach this week as we've worked our way back for the second appearance of Peter LaViolette on Coffee with the Coach. Peter LaViolette joins Morning Drive next here on ESPN 1025 The Game. 7.32, welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise with you. Predators tonight against the Minnesota Wild. Second time they will wel- welcome them in to Bridgestone Arena. And it's time for coffee with the coach as we welcome in the head coach of your Nashville Predators, Peter Laviolette, joining us here on Morning Drive. Coach, we appreciate a couple of minutes. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, guys. How are you? We are doing well. Obviously, I, I got to believe, you know, by and large, you're feeling really good about your offense this year. The output has been tremendous, and it's been really good, even when you factor in a guy like Philip Forsberg being out for three games so far. Uh, assess your offense at this point of the season. What do you like? And uh, I know coaches are perfectionists. I'm sure you're looking for more. What do you want to see improve? Um, you know, in the games that we won, I thought that the offense was pretty good like we were we were generating lots of chances 
even the Detroit game that we lost, I liked the way we played offensively. That was a game that, that fit us defensively with some of the things we were doing in the offensive zone. There are a couple games where I thought we were a little bit slow out of the shoot. We started well in the first five minutes, and then, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I thought that, you know, the other team controlled the play, so we could have we could have attacked and initiated a little bit more. But, you know, overall, we're putting the puck in the net, and that's a good thing. It's about scoring goals. We're working on other things that maybe can be better. Um, but right now, offensively, we're, we're finding ways to score goals. I'm fascinated by the psychology of professional athletes and coaching and locker rooms and how it evolves and changes over time. And every year, each locker room and every sport has its own personality. How would you describe maybe, I know it's a lot of the same guys, how would you describe the difference in personality with this particular group than maybe your previous teams? Well, I mean, it's, it's early too. I think we're, I think we're working on that on the inside as well. And, you know, you, you, you move from team to team and, Who's, who's got the voice and who can be loud and who runs the music and um, who, who might, you know, who might go off between periods when something's not going right. And so um, it's always a little bit different. Um, I think I think Roman's done a really good job of just handling the room. Uh, again, Ryan Ellis with him kind of in support. Um, you know, these are the guys that take charge in there when things need to be better or things need to get done when – we don't play a good game. Uh, those are the personalities that I look for to take charge, and and they they really haven't let us down for the most part. When there's been when there's been issues, or they know there's problems, or I've presented problems, or I've addressed problems, uh, these are the guys that go out and make sure that our team moves in the right direction. But um, you know, this, this core has been together for a while, so there hasn't been that much of a change. You know, PK goes out, Matthew Shane comes in. We may add a guy, but this core has been together for some time now. Some guys five and six years, and so that that locker room identity has a it has an identity, and I think we're you know people coming in are are also figuring that out because it's early in the year. Now, Coach, I refer to you. I refer to you guys as the Kansas City Chiefs of the NHL right now. You guys can score it well. Um, and not too many teams can stop you, and that's a good thing. Um, you know, but y'all, your defense has been kind of up and down. And one person in particular, you see Sorrells. But if I'm looking at history, you see Sorrells has been one of the best backups in hockey. Um, but he has struggled, um, you know, to start the season off. He's given up um, four goals every every start. Uh, is it more so him, or is it you know a, a collective thing um, when he's in the net? You know, it's a it's a collective thing. I think that you guys know this. There's positions in sports that just, you know, they take the there. That's that's where the spotlight's on. Mm-hmm. A pitcher in baseball and a quarterback in football, a goalie in hockey is that guy. And there's you know our, one of our forwards. We can make a mistake in the offensive zone, and it really gets dusted under the rug for the most part. And then it comes down the other end, and we don't get a save or it's a good shot or there's a complete breakdown in what we're doing defensively, everybody says it's the goalie. And it's not always that clear cut. Um, UC's got a quite a history now of being a really good goaltender for us. I, I'm not saying this as coach speak. We need to play better in, in front of him and even in front of our goalies. Like, we want Pex to make some big saves, but maybe not quite as many as he had to the other night. So these are the things that we continue to address. And, Again, a lot of it comes from our offense. And so 
everybody's talking about the offense. You guys are hitting it, and the, everybody's talking about it. And so that you know, all of a sudden, you're talking about offense. The mo- you know, one of the most important aspects is to play good defense and to do the right things and to manage the game. And so we're reviewing things from the offensive zone and how we're taking care of business to play defensively. And if we do that better, we're going to give our goalies a lot more support. But with regard to UC, there is 100% confidence in this guy inside of our locker room. Like, this is not a question. He's been great for us. He's played big games. He's um, he shared uh, he's taken on more responsibility. And um, when he gets back in there, there's a lot of confidence in our guys that he'll get it, get it done. We have to focus on playing a better game in front of him. Coach, you just mentioned the word confidence, and that was one of the directions I wanted to go to because so far this season, Kyle Turris has had a resurgence and has looked like a completely different player, and I think most Preds fans are very pleased with the way he's playing. And I think in professional sports, confidence is paramount. Even the the best players in the best sport in the best world. I mean, Tiger Woods lost the ability to chip a golf ball because he lost his confidence. Just speak on how big confidence is inside that room for you, and obviously the confidence that Turris has displayed so far on the ice. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that that um, factors into an athlete. It factors into a team, and certainly Kyle um, is playing really well right now. And uh, he's, he's especially, I think, even moving up the lineup, he played. You know, before he moved up, there was there was a game he played 15 minutes. I think maybe it was Arizona. I thought he played. I thought he played well. Um, he got an opportunity. He, producing points and he moves up and he plays you know with guys like Duchesne and Granlin and they're just a little bit more offensive and they're able to create um, he's done a good job on the power play he's collected some power play points he's got a good shot but I definitely think that confidence factors into that and you know oftentimes that has to do with production for a player or it has to do with winning for a team um, you start to feel good about that and that can escalate into a lot of positive energy for a player or for a team. So, um, you know, we're really happy with the way Kyle's playing right now, and um, we'd really like to see that continue. He's he's done a terrific job. Hey, Peter, it's pretty it's, – it's expected if you spend $8 million on a center, then he's going to come in and produce, and Matt Duchesne has done that. It's expected that when yeah. a young 20, 21-year-old defenseman starts playing top four minutes that he's going to have some learning and growing pains. That's all expected. W- what is it that you've seen so far from your team this year that you have not expected? Um, again, I, I probably – I mean, we spend a lot of our time – I think for five years we're – Five years, we might have been the number one goals against team in the league on a, on a cumulative five years. So for us to be giving up what we're giving up right now and the quality of the looks, that's, that's what's getting addressed inside of our locker room. We work on the power play. We work on the penalty kill. Uh, we run through our drills. We run through our offensive scheme. Um, where we're spending our time right now is trying to check off the boxes to make sure that we're layered properly throughout the ice so that we can be a good defensive team as well. So this isn't the, I wouldn't say that this is the norm for our team. Like I said, the last five years on a cumulative average, it's been fairly tight. We've gotten good goaltending, but we've supported our goalies, I think, in a better manner than we have to start the season. So um, I've always said that there's things that happen through the course of the year, the start of the year, the middle of the year, the end of the year, and you're trying to work on those and figure them out. Uh, it doesn't go 
unaddressed, and we, we're looking to, to tighten things up a little bit. Well, Coach, you always have that one guy on your team that, that no matter what, he's the spark plug, he's sort of the engine, uh, and you just, you know, he's that guy that just keeps everything going. And obviously, uh, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about, Victor Arvidsson. I think he did steal a goal from Yarnko um, the other game, but I'm not going to say it. Yeah. But, but how much of a joy is it to just watch, you know, Vic, you know, Arvidsson do what he does? Yeah. Hey, I'm sure he's getting roused for that a little bit inside the room too. <laughs> exactly. That's like one of those that's like one of those basketball shots where the ball goes up and is it out and somebody comes in and just mashes it down, you know what I mean? Was it gonna go in or was it not gonna go in? But um it's it's I mean goals are important, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so that puck was trickling. I think it probably would have gotten there too. Mm-hmm. I think R V just wanted to make sure you're talking these guys aren't like that. Arby's an unselfish guy. There's no way that he would ever do that. I think if he had the chance to, you know, statistically left it alone, he probably would. But he put it in the back with some authority. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, and if he doesn't, Coach, and something crazy happens, he knows he's going to hear it from you. So that's why you got to put it in there. Exactly. Say it again, guys. Well, it's 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 if Arvidsson doesn't touch the puck and it's some something crazy happens, right, and it doesn't go in. You're reading him the riot act the next morning. Absolutely, there's no question. Like, but it was, I do think it was instinctive too because it's uh-huh. laying there, it's moving really slow. We probably all think it's going to get there, but he's got to knock that thing home. Yeah. So yeah. There's, there's nothing like that. Yarny's playing really well. Uh-huh. What comes around goes around on that too. You guys know that. You know, mm-hmm. RV will shoot one on net and it'll go off of. Uh, Callie's hip and in the net, and Callie will take credit for one. So what comes around goes around on that. The most important thing is that we chalked one up and put it in the back of the net. Exactly. Coach, always a pleasure. We appreciate the time. Good luck tonight, and we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Sounds good, guys. Have a good morning. You got it. Peter LaViolette, head coach of your Nashville Predators. Yeah, I mean. Clearly defense is where he's focused right now. And, you know, it was last year was a power play. I mean, it seems like they've, you know, they've gotten a grip on that. We said if they can go, you know, middle of the pack, yeah. that's big for them. And I think that's where they're trending toward, um, you know. And they, But they've always been a good defensive team. But we know, we knew that, you know, you know, subtracting, you know, PK would sort of, you know, they would fill it on the defensive end, and they have. But the good part about them is that, you know, they've upgraded their offense and they've been outscoring their opponents and they're the number one um, offense in the in in the, in the NHL. But as Peter know, I um, mean, he said that you know we got to eventually get this thing right. You know, as as good as we are on the offense, we need to be as better, equally as better um, on defense. A few, few other things to react in that interview. Yeah, a few other tidbits. We yeah, need, I'd we say need to get so. To we need to get when we get back. We will do that when we come back. Morning drive live here on a Thursday on ESPN 102.5 The Game. The internet, folks, you need it almost every minute of the day because, hey, you got shows to stream, like this one on the Game National app, emails to reply to, uh, you got LOLs and subscribe buttons you got to smash and like buttons, you got hate, you got to hate like everything on the gram. That's why you need, that's why you need Xfinity. You can get faster, more reliable internet with gig speeds available so you can get online and get down to business faster. And Xfinity delivers enhanced network security so all your connected devices are protected. Get instant alerts when strangers are trying to hop on your network, set curfews with parental controls, 
and pause your Wi-Fi at dinner time. That's life with Xfinity, the best internet provider in America, according to speedtest.net. Now, that's simple, easy, and awesome. Get started with Xfinity Internet for $20 a month for 12 months with a one-year agreement, or get four times the speed for just $10 more a month for 12 months, plus an ad enhanced network security. Preds could use some of that on the defensive end. Go to, the, go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store today. Requires EcoBill and AutoPay. Ends one Restrictions apply. New performance starter, 25 megabits per second. Internet customers only. Equipment taxes and fees extra and subject to change. After term, regular rate supply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Joe Rexroad from The Athletic coming up in just about 12 minutes here on Morning Drive as we react to a couple of things that the head coach of the Predators, Peter Laviolette, had to say as he just joined us on Morning Drive. You can get the full podcast, thegamenashville.com, if you're just tuning in and you missed that interview. You know, Peter's very calculated, but you can also sense you know, maybe a little subtle messages along the way, one of which was, you know, you talk about Yossi and you talk about Ellis and how, how well they have played, and it's pretty imperative that uh, Roman Yossi's here long term. Yeah, you can tell, you know, you ask about the leadership and the personality. And, and I don't know, maybe I'm the only one who's fascinated by how lock, the dynamics within a locker room. I just find it interesting, the psychology of, of how sports locker rooms sort of evolve over a season uh, and how that can help you win or lose. I, I just it's, it's almost something that you can't measure, and I find that fascinating. And for him to go right at, hey, we're still trying to figure it out, we're still working through it, even though we've had a lot of guys here, which, is, which makes total sense. That's a very normal thing for a team to be working out still 10 not even 10 games into the season but not 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 holding back on who's important to his team by saying it's 100 like listen it's Yossi and Ellis in that room that I lean on when it comes to leadership when it comes to getting the message across when it comes to hey we need to focus on this we need to focus on that very clearly putting a lot of it on the shoulders of his captain right rightly so but it all in, inadvertently, what that does is it puts pressure on the on his organization to get the captain signed, it, right? I mean, we not that there's not pressure there. There is, of course, but you know, I, I hear that and I go, well, then it makes it even more important that mm-hmm. you, that you get this guy his deal signed. And, and as much as he loves seeing offense, I mean, who doesn't? Every coach wants to have a dynamic offense, but you look at so far defensively, you know, it's killing him to see them give up the goals they're giving up. Yeah, and listen, the, the game has gone in a different direction. It's trending towards offense. You know, Peter Lavillette was hired by David Poyle because the game was trending towards offense. You know, you talk to these guys, though, and they'll tell you every single thing starts with defense, that everything they work on starts with defense, and then they activate into the offensive zone. So it, it's very clearly the issue that he's focused on. Um, he made that very clear, I believe, in, in that interview. He said, listen, the, the number one thing we didn't expect about this team is to be this poor at, at, at essentially our goals against average, right? How many times did he say our goals against average over the last five years has been the best in the league? Twice, mm-hmm. I think, three times. So it's it's very clearly a focus of the team, and that and part of that's the penalty kill. They've got to get better in the penalty kill. But um, that's all just stuff that comes with the, a couple of new pieces working its way in. And who chooses the music in the locker room is a big one now that uh, P.K. Subban's gone because P.K. Yes. Subban is the guy that chooses was choosing the music in the locker room. Although... I definitely heard stories about, you know, PK would leave the locker room for a few minutes. Guys would run over and grab the the iPod and, you know, or the phone and change the music and then, you know, PK would come back in and change the music again. So, figuring out who runs the who's the DJ in the locker room. It's very important. We we've talked about this team this year with just a different feel, just a different attitude. And when Peter referred to the music there and your explanation of, of PK Subban, Let's just be blunt about it. How much of this is the fact that P.K. Subban is no longer on this team 
Because let's face it, the reality was, in that Dallas series, very few guys showed up, but PK was one that played tremendously well along with Grimaldi. This is where it's really hard to acknowledge that two things exist. That PK Subban was an exceptional member of this team that carried this team to the three best years of Predators hockey, that was a that that elevated the 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 brand image and awareness and stock of that organization like no other single player has ever done, and that they may be better that he's gone. So, but it's really hard to, to acknowledge that those two things can exist. Mm-hmm. Um and, and only time will tell. If they if they go deeper in the playoffs, it's gonna be hard not to to look at the team in the locker room and say, well, there's something different about this team, right? They, they, they went further. It's not one guy's fault. It's but there's, not, there's a know. weird way of this happening in sports. I actually tweeted this last night, and we can tie it into PK leaving. And sometimes you, you end up being better when you lose a great player. The Tennessee Volunteers won a national championship the year after Peyton Manning left. The Nationals are up 2-0 in the World Series the year after mm. Bryce Harper left. See what the Celtics do this year after Kyrie Irving leaves? Let's see what the Celtics <laughs> do with that. I mean, there's something – the, sports are weird that but, way. But now there's very different dynamics at play between a Kyrie Irving and a Bryce Harper who people view as maybe taking too much of the shine and, and maybe you know kind of being a negative influence on the locker room where Peyton Manning is, is very clearly a positive influence sure. on the locker room. I think P.K. Subban is, is a positive – you can't argue about the, the the value he brought to the team. There's no question. But is is there less extra in the locker room right now? There is very clearly less extra. I don't know what that means. Put put whatever you want into the category of extra stuff. But there's less of it. And it's and and number one, you're you're not getting national interview requests from every single media outlet in the world. You're not getting Canadian outlets from all over the the, the their country asking for every single interview every single day. From a, from a Predators defenseman, that's not a part of the equation anymore. All that's been eliminated from the equation. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest where and, – and, and maybe they needed that at that point of time where they needed that national uh, recognition. They needed someone to draw agree. a spotlight yeah. to that team. And that's what PK was able to do. And then they go to the Stanley Cup his first year there. Um, you know, So a lot of things went right for that organiza- organization – uh, when PK came here, and, and I'm not saying it's all because of PK, it took a, a collective effort. Um, but you know, PK was one of those lightning rod guys where you know media wanted to talk to him, uh, whether it be just every day or they were going back to Montreal and they wanted to talk to him and make the story real big. So, um, <clears throat> but you know, this team um, they've gotten better from the standpoint of offense, at least. Um, now, the defense is struggling right now, and maybe it's just, you know, as time goes on, they will get better. But, you know, it's a it's addition by subtracting. You subtract the defensive player, you, your offense get better, but then you got to kind of weather the storm of the defense, and you got to try to, you know, eventually kind of put it all together. I, I want to be very clear because everybody hears what they want to hear when it comes to Sports Talk Radio. I want to be very clear. The three-year chapter – that will be written about the time that P.K. Subban spent in the na- in a Nashville Predator sweater is going to be nothing but positive. It, mm-hmm. it, it, and it should be nothing but positive. It is all about how how the brand grew and how they accomplished what they accomplished, winning a President's Trophy, getting to the Stanley Cup. All of that is because of P.K. Subban. He's a part of that. So it, let's be very clear on the value he brought to the organization. It doesn't mean that they're not a little bit more businesslike right now and that they may be better today 
than they were this time last year. Like it, it does. They both things can be true. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard to to get your head around, but both things I think can be true. Stick to sports coming up at eight forty-five. We will kick off hour number three next with our buddy Joe Rexroad from the Athletic as we hit on all things Titans, Preds, Vols. That's next. Joe Rexroad, morning drive.